0: Shri Guri Vashtam Guru Parampra ke java, Shri Chaitanya charitamrita ke java, Evening. Continuing our discussion of Chaitanya charitamrita Adi Lila. We're in Chapter 14, where Krishna's Kumar Lila is, or excuse me, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Kumar Leela is being described, and it's not too much of a mistake there, because Krishna Lila and Gaur Lila, they're one and, and different at the same time, and this, of course, what comes out in these, uh, in this chapter, many parallels, that is, between the Lila of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and that of Shri Krishna. So we heard. What did we hear? A um, about the uh, auspicious bodily characteristics. On the back of the <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, of Krishna of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and we discussed how they were uh, comparable to those found in the child of Krishna as uh, Nanda Maharaj testified 32 different auspicious symptoms and particularly the um, markings on his feet were the subject hmm? noticed by his uh, his parents terms of footprints and then on the feet themselves and how they reasoned about that we, we discussed at some length so today. Continuing the text. Tabe Dine Janu Chankramana Nan kar Tata Kolila Darshan So after some days then Prabhu began to crawl on his knees and caused various wonderful things to be seen. So these are still again of all the Kumara Lila, Bali Lila. So he's now from um, crawling. I don't know how they saw his footprints before he crawled, but. <laughs> Some overlapping here <laughs> uh, in the discussion. But um, again, as we've heard before, Krishna's Kravagarsh Goswami, um, when speaking about his book and how he came to write it in the eighth chapter of this uh, Adi Lida, deferred repeatedly to Vrindavan Das Thakur, who's Chaitanya Bhagwat. Was the standard book of the time, um, for relishing the, um, the Leelas of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu mm-hmm. in Vrindavan and, uh, in particular. And, excuse me, thus das was asked to write in some detail about the later pastimes, which he was. perhaps more acquainted with being a disciple of Das Goswami, as he says, towards the end of his his book, Chaitanya Charitamrita, And Ravana Das of course, was in Puri and was under the direct um, siksha of Sarup Damodar. And uh, this is in the presence of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Sarup's diary. Was uh, part of uh, a good part of what uh, Krishnas's work is, is is drawn from the the uh, the narrative. <clears throat> so here, then, Prabhupada, in places like this, uh, his he comments from sections of Chaitanya Bhagwat. Here he mentions that uh, amongst the various pastimes that are described here in a kind of a general way, he did one. Wonderful things crawling around caused wonderful things to happen. One that Prabhupada points out that again we should. This is the, this is the beauty of the Chaitanya Bhagavat. Chaitanya Charitamrita is beautiful for its theology and a very concise presentation of who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is from the perspective of Rupa Goswami, who was particularly empowered to. Uh, to uh, teach about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's descent, and um, and again, it centers on the on the Magyilila pastimes, which are the teaching pastimes, which teach us what how to enter into these pastimes. Which is the speciality then of Chaitanya Bhagavat, where they are elaborated upon in greater detail, more to relish there in terms of the Nabadwip pastimes and details. One of them here again, Prabhupada refers to, with regard to Krishna's, or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's crawling as a child, is that he crawled up and snuggled up with a big cobra. And uh, and the cobra kind of went back, and his coils and his head went up, and there was the child lying on the coils hmm. to the um, concern of, of everyone. Um, but there's an obvious... Uh, <laughs> Significance to this, uh, given that this is the um, a typical uh, depiction of Vishnu and Ananta Sesh, Krishna and Balaram also. Um, so Balaram's already here, although he comes later. And of course, the divinity of the child is, is is the main thing that's to be to be drawn from this. Mm-hmm. He plays on on the supports of the world, something like that. Um, supported by himself in one form, and, and on that he plays and without without fear. air mm-hmm. chale nadi shab bole hasi so here says that the that the ladies nadi shab bole they used to chant the holy name of Hari uh, whenever the child cried and through this medium they sought to pacify him and and make him stop crying. This was their technique. Here we're uh, reminded of the fact that many of the names that we're, you uh, we often refer to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Gauri, Sachinandan, mm-hmm. Bauranga, Um these come from the Vatsalya Bhaktas, who are, who play a principal role here in the earlier. This Boganda Leela, excuse me, this Kumar Leela is uh, very special with regard to Vatsali rasa for Krishna. Of course, in Gaur Leela, everyone is a das of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but his mother still is a Vatsalya. <laughs> uh, Bhakta and his father, and so on and so forth. These are the paradigmatic figures. Uh, uh, in Krishna Leela, Nanda, Yasoda, for example, uh, Rohini. Um, or Inavaralilud, Sachi maharaj and Ilambar and who was mentioned earlier the, the grandfather of Chaitanya with the astrologer who named him Vishvambar and so forth and who identified the 32 symptoms and said, "This is he's, he's extraordinary I see these symptoms in him and so forth um, taking kind of a Gargacharya role there he may be identified with Gargamuni on um, I can't recall, but I think it's probably the case, it was the name-giving priest in, and the astrologer for uh, Krishna. So, uh, here the uh, ladies, Vatsalya Bhaktas, mm, uh, led, I suppose we could say, by Sita Thakurani, who named him Nimai, a name that stuck throughout. All these names are very uh, popular names: uh, Goruri, Gauranga, Nimai, and so forth. They uh, they come from this this sector, hmm? um, saturated with the uh, the Bhagavat. Hmm? And here it's mentioned that by chanting the holy name, they cause him to stop crying. Hmm? After some days, he began to move his legs and walk. He mixed with other children and exhibited various sports. Eta Sachi saci kai sandesh aniya. Bharto, bhari, dio boila, kau, tha, basiya. One day, Eta din saci, kai sandesh aniya. One day, the Lord was enjoying uh, various sports, and with his friends, and Sachi brought some fused rice, some sandesh, and asked the child to sit down and eat some refreshments. karma korite, lukana logila shishu mrittika but when he when she returned excuse me to her household duties the child hiding from his mother began to eat dirt seeing this mother suchi hastily returned exclaiming what is this what is this she snatched the dirt from his hands and inquired why he was eating it crying the child inquired from his mother why are you angry you have already given me dirt to eat what is my fault Used rice, sandash, and anything edible is all but a transformation of dirt. This is dirt, that is dirt. Please consider what is the difference between them? This body is a transformation of dirt, the, and edibles are also a transformation of dirt. Please reflect on this. You are blaming me without consideration. What can I say? Antare Vishmitas Sachi Mulilo Tahari mati koite Gyan yoga jke full of astonishment that he was speaking Gyan yoga Prabhupada translates it at Mayavad philosophy yes, not necessarily but yet, uh, he takes every opportunity and creates opportunities <laughs> to rail against the Mayavad uh, Mother Sachi replied now, who has taught you these philosophical ideas and uh, that uh, that justify eating dirt? Hmm. Replying to the Mayavad idea of the child philosopher, Mother Sachi said, "My dear boy, if we eat earth transformed into grains, our body is nourished and it becomes strong. But if we eat dirt in its crude state, the body becomes diseased instead of nourished." Unless it is destroyed in a water pot, which is a transformation of dirt I can bring water very easily If I poured the water in a lump of dirt, however it Would soak up the water and my labor would be useless The Lord replied to his mother hmm? Why did you conceal this insight? By not teaching me this practical philosophy from the very beginning Now I can understand this philosophy and I will not eat dirt again. Whenever I am hungry, I shall suck your breasts and drink your breast milk. After saying this, the Lord, smiled, smiling, smiling slightly, climbed on the lap of his mother, and began to nurse. Thus, balya bhava prakatiya Thus, under various excuses, the Lord exhibited. His opulences as much in his childhood, as much as possible in his childhood, and later, exhibiting such opulences, he hid himself. So, this is a nice story. It's a story that seems to have its roots in the Chaitanya Bhagavat and earlier texts, uh, but it's told uh, differently here in Chaitanya Charitamrita than it is in Chaitanya Bhagavat. In the work of Kabir Karnapur, in the work of uh, um, Murari Gupta. Hmm? And uh, we can only assume that it's a retelling of the story slightly differently, or it's an entirely different Leela, but that seems, the latter seems unlikely. Hmm? Although he, um, the Leelas are unlimited, and Das does say that he's only going to speak in any detail on those that are not mentioned by Das, so perhaps a separate one, but the one that seems to correspond to some extent is the occasion on which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as a child um, uh, was stopped by his father, Javanath Mishra, from Pursuing any further in an education, this is—he's just a child, and he had an appetite for learning. This is before he is like learning at home or something—and he, he stopped educating him in any way. And his reason for this was because he was concerned that this boy's smart and he has an appetite for learning, so if I teach him, he'll end up doing what his brother did, mm. Vishvaroop, uh, and. So it would be a problem. So it is said that he uh, he, he stopped uh, education in and Chaitanamapa didn't, didn't, didn't like this. So he became more rebellious and he had more time on his hands uh, to do so. Hmm. So as a child with friends, they would create lots of mischief. They would uh, plan out in the daytime how to go and, and uh, put a cloth, two of them, one like this, one like this, over their heads, look like a bull and go in the night and crush the crops of people <laughs> and uh, then come back in the morning and talk, what happened? And this is the kind of thing. It said Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would lock the doors of people from the outside <laughs> so they couldn't get out of their houses. And then they would complain and so forth. And he would take much pleasure in that <laughs> Childish, childishness. Um, These things uh, might be questioned. Um, How could God do? But um, there's a very good explanation for that. With regard to the pastime in particular, that this seems to have some correspondence with when he was stopped from getting his education amongst his mischievous things, one of the things that he did was went and sat um, on a pile of clay pots that had been used for cooking food cooking and pre- preparing Prashad for the deity so they were charred some of them they would cook with clay pots maybe in baking and whatnot. And they were full of soot and what so they were thrown in a place and that was a contaminated place it was thought not to go to And there he was sitting there and um, Mother Sachi came upon him and the golden lord had turned blackish from the soot on the pots, must have looked just like someone, <laughs> someone are familiar with, just like Shyam Krishna hmm? and uh, childhood Krishna, and um, so she was filled with. Here the word is used here, antare bishmita sachi latahare hmm? bishmaya or bhuta, wonder, astonishment, one of the secondary rasas in the context of her Vatsalya. What are you doing here? You're sitting in a a dirty place, and you're covered with the soot, and and so forth. And and this pastime, hmm, and the one here—they're either one or slightly or somewhat different. They, of course, obviously, they correspond with Krishna's pastime in. In Vrindavan, in the eighth chapter of the tenth canon of the Bhagavatam, where, uh, Krishna has been accused by his friends, including Balaram, of having eaten dirt. And we'll see if we discuss this, the lesson, the philosophical lesson drawn from both of these leelas comes out, uh, the same. So, um, both in the eating of the dirt here, and the eating of the dirt there, and to some extent also, the um, the uh, sitting amongst the the dirty things, and being covered with soot, and so forth. And I should play that out. Uh, mother, you saw that mother Mother Sachi is astonished, and she complains. And in the different texts, explained in different ways, some of which say. He became angry at her for being angry at him, and threw a clay pot at her, and she passed out. And the lady's neighbors revived her and said, "Bring some coconuts." And Jitanam manifests two white coconuts out of nowhere, and she drank them and became cured. And then he snuggled with her, was cuddled by her, and and, uh, and the soot rubbed off on her, and they they bathed and so forth, and everything was resolved the, the miraculous manifestation of the of the the coconuts put everybody in in a different space for a moment and everything was forgotten <laughs> and uh and so forth of course at that time he argued philosophically and that's kind of the comparison here and um and more or less he spoke on the about the non-duality of from of a of a spiritual perspective the basic non-duality of a spiritual perspective Das compares him to his his talks to that of Dattatreya, a partial incarnation of of of, uh, of Krishna, maybe, maybe Shaktivesh, I don't recall, but uh, he had this kind of perspective, kind of like, maybe like uh, Jadbarat also, maybe a little more familiar with him in the Bhagavatam, hmm. didn't see any difference between anything hmm. as the Gita says Um in a number of places. One sees a lump of dirt and gold as the same. Hmm. What's the other one? Dog, dog, yeah, the Sanskrit. Uh, pandita Samadarshina. Uh, hasti. Uh, he sees the elephant, the dog, the Brahmin uh, is equal. So this equal vision. Equal vision. Um, samadarshina. Once Prabhupada was asked by a fellow, an Indian fellow in Maipur, are you Samadarshina? That I may be I may not be I simply trying to serve my guru. that is my qualification <laughs> so uh, it is an underlying uh, aspect of the our philosophy, obviously that uh, good and bad, hot and cold and these are dualities that arise in the mind hmm. but beyond that, within and within it gets complicated within the context of the non dual reality that means everything is Krishna, so there's only one. There is differentiation as well. Um in Das's narrative he he doesn't uh, go into that but just has Chaitanya Mahaprabhu enlightening his mother or not enlightening, it's not something she hadn't heard before, but to hear it coming from her son it was very astonishing. Hmm? And he's speaking about non-duality, and there's this thing that the rishis talk about, and sometimes we get it, you know, and we hear it, and we believe it, but but we're absorbed in the, in the dualities of everyday life and, and so forth, such as our plight. And here, my son, this is a child that's speaking, this is very uh, astonishing. Hmm. Maybe he, you know, maybe he's a great mystic, but then why is he throwing a pot at me? <laughs> Can't be. Something like that. So that idea is quickly dismissed, and... So, I guess I say here, the story is slightly different. He's eating dirt, and it's more of a direct parallel with the story in Krishna Lila. But he's speaking philosophically also um, um, here, only to be um, replied to by his mother with a superior uh, philosophy. Hmm? Here he seems to be saying all things are one, as he does in the in the in the cooking pot, Lila. Hmm. So so, what's the difference? I mean, I'm sitting on the pots. You say they're impure, um, but what's the difference between a pure and an impure place? Uh, uh, this all in the mind. He also kind of goes on to say, wherever I sit must be pure, and he manifests a little bob of Bhagwan, hmm. and he also makes the point therein that that well. These pots have been used, been used to cook for Vishnu, so even though they're dirty they must be pure. We'll see a little Vaishnavism there as well. <clears throat> um, but of um, course the real the the Advayan Tattva, the Bhagavatam, the underlying philosophy of Gaudiya is 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 a, is one of of non duality. We call it a Chinti Veda Veda. So again everything is only Krishna. Uh, Shrihari once put it like this: the, the famous aphorism "sarvam kalavidam brahma," everything is Brahman. He said, "That's right. There is Brahman, and there are all things, and they're one. Hmm? So there's not. There's not. There's nothing else. It doesn't say there's nothing else. It says everything is Brahman. It's Brahman. So there are all types of things. There's us, in other words, and and there's matter, and it's all Brahman. Hmm? It's, it's all coming from him. It's it, His different Shaktis, and so forth. I thought it was a nice explanation of the of verses often, or an aphorism often invoked by the Mayavadis. Hmm? Everything is Brahman. Sarvam kudovidam brahma. But their understanding of it is uh, different. So here in this leela, and in the Krishna leela where Krishna's eating dirt, this achinti Beta bheda is what's being taught philosophically, in the context of attracting us, showering us, the readers of the Bhagavatam with Vatsalya Bhava, hmm? this is kind of a. I've said that there are certain chapters, primarily the Vatsalya, the the Damar that's really centered on Vatsalya Rasa. This is l- leading up to that, hmm? and uh, it's a very very powerful chapter. In fact, in this chapter, now that I think about it. Of the eighth chapter of Bhagavatam, uh, tenth canto. And in relation to this Leela, the verse that I believe is a concluding verse of the the story of Krishna's eating dirt is what uh, one that Vishwana Chakravartaka refers to as the Paribas Sutra of the Bhagavatam. Yeah. Hmm. A, a verse by which it, everything will be understood. And the Leela is speaking, of course, about the Chinti Beta Beta. Hmm. So, well, we have to get to that, but um, as it is here, it's been explained to some extent just through what Sachi has said. Uh, everything may be one, but there's difference at the same time. Yes, earth and uh, dirt and food are, uh, one is a transformation of the other, but each is distinct at the same time, and, have pra- and your philosophy has no practical uh, <laughs> application. It's, it's impractical. Um hmm. uh, so it, it, it has no no standing. But in Krishna Leela, a similar idea comes out in a very extraordinary way, of course, when he eats the dirt and Mother Yasoda finds out about it, not only from his friends, who might be reporting falsely just to get his mother to, to, to chastise him and then take pleasure in that, as children may do, um, but... Uh, but the veracity of the reports, uh, in Malayasoda's mind are derived from the fact that Balaram is saying the same thing. Hmm? This drove a little bit of a wedge between Krishna and Balaram. Hmm? This Vatsalya is not compatible with the Sakya. Hmm? They tend to distance one another. There's a little Vatsalya there. In the mixture, in the in the in the socket of Balaram, and it manifests. He's telling the truth here and reporting him, reporting on him, hmm? and that creates some distance. That comes up later. Krishna reflects on it and <laughs> reminds him of such. Uh, <laughs> but the veracity of it then is is is, is uh, supported by his testimony. Hmm? He's been appointed like this. The elder brother, watch out for him and report on him and so forth. So he's a he's a good boy, uh, uh, comparatively. Mischievous in his own right, but uh, not the, not the same as Krishna. So uh, he reports, and Mother Mother Yashoda takes it seriously and says, "Well, you know, if Balaram's saying it, it must be true." And um, and she's astonished. So same, same. She experiences the same adbutto, amazement, uh, wonder. How is this possible? that he, he could be eating dirt. I mean, she's thinking. I'm his mother. I feed him. I nurse him. We, we you know, we're the king and queen of the cowherds. We, we've got an abundance of food, and he's eating dirt. What are we doing wrong? What? How? How is it? What's? Why is he doing that? Hmm? <laughs> she's perplexed where have we gone wrong <laughs> or what's wrong with him why would he do that maybe there's some maybe he's got some you know deranged brain or something that he would act like this so she's full of concern her wonder is is occurring in the context of her vatsalia and her challenging him and her being pre- prepared to well, she's really kind of starting to chastise him. Hmm? Is is all arising out of uh, out of the the well of her Vatsalya. This is not. I think we ended our discussion or close to it the other the other night by saying that that Krishna likes the chastisement of his of his mother in Vatsalya Rasi. He Likes to hear that more than the recitation of the Vedas. By the Brahmins, that's sweeter and more charming to him and so forth. So these types of things here, Krishna's going to lie. Mother yasoda's going to be angry at him, ch- chastise him. Um, these things might seem inappropriate, uh, but they're natural. Uh, we, again, we go, we to understand these things from a rasic point of view. We can often g- just go to our human experience. Hmm? We're made in the likeness, it said. So, uh, so young children, in the face of being punished, may not tell the truth. <laughs> they haven't learned to tell the truth yet. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the truth hurts, but still, it's good for you. Something like that. So, so she asks him, you know. So, what? Why have you eaten dirt? And he says, I haven't eaten dirt. Hmm? So he's lying. Now the absolute truth is supposed to be truthful. Truthfulness is a very highly lauded quality. It's said to be synonymous with with being a devotee. Satam is the word used more than once in the Bhagavatam hmm, to describe the devotees, thoroughly honest. And hmm? um, but here, their god is being dishonest. He's lying, as he had eaten the dirt. Hmm? Um, but here, his lying is arising out of his, out of Rasa, out of his affection for his mother and the affectionate dealings, human-like dealings of Atzaliyasa. So his lying becomes much more beautiful and charming and more virtuous of a quality from a spiritual perspective than his truthfulness. Over, overriding all of his qualities, we talked a little bit about the other night his sixty-four qualities in relation to the. The, 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 the various bodily characteristics that, also, that are auspicious uh, in Krishna's body, which are one of his qualities. We talked about them in terms of their being both seen as Udipana Vibhavs and uh, Alambana Vibhav, depending how you how you look at them. Um, um, what is the point?
1: his um, lying. Hmm? Just lying is <laughs>
0: Right. Amongst the qualities of Krishna, his affection for his devotees, his affectionate dealing with his devotees, is the supreme quality. Hmm? And so, in the context of that, for example, he's he's truthful, Krishna, but out of love for his devotees, and he may he may be untruthful, out of affection for his devotees, he may tell an untruth. Hmm? And the superior quality overrides, and it's a super. He's super in other words, uh, to to to, he, he, to to be affectionate as he is towards his devotees, it was most makes him worshipable more than his truthfulness. Hmm? This comes up in the Vedanta Sutra, where the question is, is God partial? We see that some people are born, as they say. With a silver spoon in their mouth and other people are born poor, so it would seem that God is partial and unfair, or if why the, the implication of that is, so why should I worship him? He's unfair, he's not all good hmm. and of course, the, Bhag, the the sutras reply, "No, that's not the case it's it, this difference inequality is a result of karma. The sutras, of course, say, well, what happened at the beginning when karma began then? It must have started out unevenly. Hmm? And the sutras say, no, there is no beginning to karma. End of that section. (laughs) And the next section begins, which says, however, hmm, we do see partiality in God in relation to his devotees. Hmm? He, he defers to bhakti, indeed he's really kind of defined by bhakti in terms of his different appearances, he appears in correspondence to the bhakti in the heart of his devotees. It's his own srubh shakti, it's inseparable from him, but it appears in his devotees, I mean, it's manifest as devotees in a practical sense, apparently separate from him. And from those paradigmatic figures of Vatsali Rās, Sakya Rās, Madhuri Rās, through the Parampara and sattva of course, it comes to us. Hmm? And then Krishna enters into a relationship with us. He stays within, as far as the influence of Shakti, he's the influence of his Sarupa Shakti. He never comes under the influence of the Maya Shakti, and he's not influenced by the Jeev Shakti. Hmm? He knows their plight, and may indirectly little influenced by that, but um but he's really wrapped up by under the influence of his Srup Shakti, he's really kind of creating all of his pastimes. He has a desire, the Sarup Shakti is manifesting that. Hmm? Sri Shakti is something like the modes of nature, you know, the modes of nature are there and there's all types of forms inside of them that could possibly come out. Right? Hmm? Any different combination. Everything's just a combination of the modes. Hmm? So within the sarup shakti, there's possibilities. The problem. The difference, of course, is that the 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 forms that manifest and the particulars that manifest out of the gunas and the basic ingredients of material nature are such that they they don't endure. Hmm? But we say that the sarup of the jiva is eternal. We were talking about this maybe the other night. The sarup of the jiva is eternal. Hmm. Um, and how do we say that? We say, because we say the bhava that it is uh, constituted of is eternal. So sakya is eternal. Vatsalya is eternal. What is the ashraya of that? Ananda, Yasoda, Subal, Sridham, uh, and rasa, Lalita, Vishaka. They're the ashraya, the shelter of that, the personification of that. Hmm. It's there. Eternally existing. But then someone said, well, that's fine. It comes to me, that influence. But my particular sarup, made of, if you will, or constituted of sakya rasa or madhuri rasa, is not eternal. Hmm? Because it wasn't there before, even though the ingredients are there. Hmm? So we say it's there in potential. Hmm? And, um, and if, it's like a fire. If, if you have a fire and you take an iron rod compared to the Tatasta Shakti and you stick it in the fire, hm, after, in due course of time, which was the question the other night, <laughs> in due course of time, that iron rod becomes, for all intents and purposes, fire. Hmm? So the Jiva Shakti, when it is consumed by the fire of bhakti, the sarup shakti, it develops the capacity to function in the lila as a lover of Krishna. It has the potential to do so. And, and if you were to pull that iron from the fire and touch someone, they wouldn't say they got touched by iron, they'd say they got touched by fire. And you may even pull it from the fire and it will have a flame around it, a flame body. So where is that flame body come from? That flame was in the, in the fire. Now it's manifesting in a, in a way that it, that it only does because of the, the conjunction between the, the iron and the fire or between the tattasta shakti and the Jeev shakti. But it's there. It's, it's, it's just showing in a different shape than it does as the fire itself. So this is the kind of like the form. The love has a shape. Hmm? It takes a shape. So the shakti is facilitating the love in such a way that it manifests a form, personality, and so forth that we can participate in the leela. Hmm. So, uh, at any rate, the the, the 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 point of the sutras is that the affection of Bhagawan for his devotees—he's under the influence of prame; he's conquered by prame. This is his quality, or the quality—I should say—of bhakti it has the power, Krishna is Krishna, all attractive. Except for the fact that he's attracted by bhakti. Hmm? We've got a circle going on here. <laughs> like I said, where does Krishna come from? comes from Radha. Where's Radha come from? comes from Krishna. So this is the Achintu beta beta, the one the difference between the Surup-Shakti and, and Shakti-Man. Hmm? So uh, Krishna's, the, 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 the partiality of Krishna Towards his devotees, hmm? you can sometimes explain the way by saying, "Well, it depends how people approach him. He reciprocates accordingly, therefore he's impartial. Hmm? But it's up to you how you approach him. Hmm? but yeah, but he's actually it's true, but, but, he, but, the, but the way in which he becomes partial towards his devotees is really defines him. It's what he's about. He's completely under their control. Hmm? He's completely overwhelmed by bhakti. He cannot move outside of the circle of his devotees' um concern influence hmm? and and because of his affection for his devotees this is this this partiality towards his devotees the sutra says this is this is his best quality hmm? that's what makes him not his truthfulness. Hmm? <laughs> or other such qualities as noble as they are, and as much as they're part of bhakti. Hmm? But his affection for his devotees—it was what makes him attractive to them. Hmm? That he'll even lie for them. We're going for him. Huh? <laughs> you said I don't want to worship him. He's in par- He's not. He's not fair. Hmm? Right. He's. He created the world in, in, in differently. Some people are rich. Some people are poor. And what kind of God is that? Well, the, 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 if you play this out over the to Adi in, the, in in the, in the sutra it ends up in the following Adi that he is impartial, you you're right he is partial hmm? but in another way and this is what makes him all worshipable all desirable all attractive it's a very beautiful uh, way it's been been done and explained in Govindabhasha by Baladeva Vidyabhushana so his his partiality towards his devotees is not his fault it is greatest quality and sometimes as a result of his partiality towards his devotees then other qualities that he's known for hmm, like being truthful may, may be may be overridden hmm? overridden by his by his bhakti-batsalya and that's good hmm? so this, this is a, bhakti is Jnana is is about impartiality, and Gyan is, and bhakti is about partiality. After having arisen beyond material partiality, where the jnanis stop, then we have a different kind of partiality in relation to Bhagavan, which has to be there in order for there to be a variegated spiritual world, for there to be Ram-bhakti, for there to be Krishna-bhakti, different kinds of Krishna-bhakti, Narayan-bhakti, and each bhakti feeling complete and perfect, with their bhakti, even while there is a gradation, the gradation is really, actually, the gradation of bhakti, is thought to be a secondary thing. The subjective reality is what's really um, primary. The experience of each devotee that causes them to feel that their bhakti is superior, and 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 they all argue objectively <laughs> for the superiority of their own. So. Krishna, anyway, in the Leela Krishna's Krishna lies. It's a problem. Because along with lying, he's 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 a powerful uh character, so he says, I didn't eat dirt. Look in my mouth and see for yourself. Now she could just say, Okay, okay, I I'm not gonna, you know, look in your mouth, but she's she's suspicious because Balaram said he ate the dirt and 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 so She's going to look in his mouth, but there's a problem that's created now, because obviously um, he he doesn't want to be chastised by her in the context of the Vatsalia rapport, hmm? which is very charming. hmm? And and so he lies, and then he says, you know, see for yourself. And obviously when he opens his mouth, dirt's going to be found there. And he's going to be chastised. So what to do? He is overwhelmed by the Vatsalya prem, And so he, he 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 just he says that. And he's kind of ignorant of the fact that he's going to be found out <laughs> hmm? in his childhood niche. Childish childhoodishness. <laughs> right? Hmm? So he's he's made a problem for himself now. Hmm? But in all of this, in the background of the sweetness, of the of the Brajlila, or Gaurlila, this Madhurya, the sweetness, sweetness of Vatsalya here, there's always the Aishwarya. It's always in the background, right? Hmm? He's always God. He has Aishwarya Gyan, or power of Aishwarya, of, of godliness. Hmm? And so this, just as the, the Surup Shakti is always trying to serve Krishna, he's such a sankalpa, so whatever desire he has, the Surup Shakti is there, to manifest it, to make it possible, hmm? someone wants to serve him, having had their heart purified through bhakti and by 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 Sarasanga developing a sentiment similar to that, those bhaktas hmm? or that lineage, hmm? and it starts to manifest in them, and then in the in the sprout, the encore of that bhav, in the cultivation of that, that devotee has starts to Real real spiritual desires, which then start to define the particulars of the sarup hmm? that that flame that flame body of the, of the of the iron rod right and 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 they're desiring and it's entirely arising out of the desire to please the senses of bhagawan in the context of a particular bhava and so then the particulars and the sarup Shakti is. Manifesting those particulars for the pleasure of Krishna. Hmm? This is what she's always doing. She's always changing. Just like in Vaikuntha, they change forms. Shakti facilitates. Serve Krishna in this way, and Dasiras, I take this shape. I take this shape. They become a pigeon. They become a tree. They become. Hmm? It happens. And so, uh, <laughs> so in the background. Orchestrating is this Srup shakti, facilitating Krishna, and it, it, it works in both ways. You know, you, you have the madhurya and the aishvarya. Hmm? So the aishvarya has now a chance to have a role in Krishna-lila. Hmm? So he gets his place, she gets her place. Hmm? Krishna's created a problem under the influence of the madhurya, the sweetness of vatsalya, where he's, he wants, his desire is not to get chastised, but his, in his boldness, he, he makes a statement and his mother um, takes his, doesn't take his bluff. Hmm? She says, put your cards down, <laughs> open your mouth. <laughs> so, problem. And so his Aishwarya again comes, knowing his desire, here's my chance and manifest the whole universe mm-hmm. hmm? inside of Krishna. Brahma says, inside his belly. So she's looking in his mouth, and she sees all the way into his belly, and there's the whole universe. And whoa! And so her, her Vatsalya prema is now further embellished by vishmai, by astonishment, and she forgets about chastising him altogether. So gone has played a beautiful a part in satisfying the desires of Krishna, hmm? and and Mother Yasoda is is put into a, into a state of bewilderment and confusion. What's the what's going on here? What what's, and she sees the, the descriptions that she sees everything in there, all the elements and so forth. And in the end, and she sees herself in there, in Vrindavan. The implication is looking into his mouth hmm? and seeing the same thing, and and, and, so, and so she's wondering how this is all, what's happening. So what is happening, of course, philosophically, is Ajinti Beta Beta is being, is basically what the Leela is saying, and this is the way Mahaprabhu looked at it. Hmm? He's not, he, he's saying, look at the Leela literally for what's happening and see what it's saying philosophically. I know it doesn't make sense, that he could be one and different at the same time, that he could be imminent, fully imminent and fully transcendent at the same time, that he could be in the world and the whole world could be in him. How can you have both? Are you in the world or is the world in you? Which is it? That's what fits in our head. Hmm? What does the Gita say in the ninth chapter? Where it speaks about a chinti beta, beta? Hmm? Uh Nacham... Uh, what? Anyway, there he explained Ma, I, yoga my power, si. there, hmm? yoga, yoga, pashram, si, yoga maishvaram, my power. See, pascham Me yoga pascham me yoga pascham. See, yoga my my achintya shakti is what he's saying, my mystic power by which everything is in me, and I'm not in everything, and then I am in everything, and and and, and nothing's in me, <laughs> and so on and so forth. This is we find it in the Gita there. Hmm? Um So. This is what the Mahabrabhu's reading of the Leela. The Leela is saying that Krishna's in the world and the world's in Krishna. You can have one or the other, but we have both. Hmm? And so he's fully imminent and fully transcendent at the same time. So Mother Yasoda, she doesn't start speaking the Chinti-Beda-Beda, but she does hear Asachi in this Leela. Hmm? So it's almost as if in Gaur Lila. The same Leela manifests, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wants to see Did my mother learn the philosophy? <laughs> hmm? And of course, here she says it, you know, she more or less, more or less teaches that, that him, Achinti Beta Beta, that everything is one, but there are differences within that unity at the same time. And this is a very practical philosophy. Your jnana unto itself is not very practical. Hmm? How will we eat? How will we do it? So. Yeah. Mother Yasoda, back to the Christian League, of course, is seeing all this and thinking, "What's happened? How did what? What's? What? She comes up with different reasons why this could be happening. One of which is maybe my son has mystic powers, which she quickly dismisses because she thinks, "Well, you know, how can that be? He's hungry. He's angry. He's you know, he depends on me." But then she thinks, "But that's just what I think. I think he depends on me. That's Maya, and the sages teach that." I think that my son my my husband is nanda, he's maintaining the family. I'm maintaining my child. That's not a fact. God is maintaining us all hmm? and just in my ignorance and samsara, my attachments are making me think like this, and she's becoming philosophical for a moment, hmm? like ordinary people for a moment become a little philosophical and have a spiritual inclination, then they quickly return back to practical everyday life. Hmm? So, of course, what brings her back is Krishna starts to feel she 's distancing herself from me she 's becoming philosophical hmm? and so 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 then the yoga maya comes and and, uh, and makes her feel, but then you know that may be true, but who will cuddle him then And Krishna's thinking, "Yes, who will cuddle me, and what kind of philosophy is that so she embraces him in the spiritual. Insight goes out the, out the door, <laughs> and, 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 and Vatsala Rasa uh, prevails. And the Aishwarya, of course, has its place, but it could never sway her, um, her Vatsala. And this is the beauty of the, all of the bhavas as they manifest, all the rasas, in Vrindavan. Outside, of course, of Vrindavan, this aishwarya can have a role... And, and greater power. It doesn't have much of a role in Vrindavan, but when it gets a place, a, a, a chance, it does something very extraordinary. <laughs> so, for example, when Krishna went to Mathura, um, um, or when Krishna manifested in Mathura, his parents began offering prayers to him, and so forth, their Sali Ras receded to the background in the face of the Aishvarya Gyan. Here in the face of the Aishvarya Gyan, or anywhere in Vrindavan, it doesn't sway their batsalya. They reason about it in ways that they land on their feet always and Krishna's just my son. Krishna's just my friend. Krishna's got problems and he needs help <laughs> and we're here, you know, to to, to to deal with that and so forth. So so there's some differences between, as I say, how this is played out in Chaitanya Bhagavad, and I think there's some relation between I think Krishna is just kinda of telling the story a little differently here. There's no cooked pots, but uh, or it may be a different Lila, but at any rate it does correspond wholly with um, the, the Krishna-lila hmm, of Krishna's eating dirt, and the same philosophical points are brought out. Again, in Krishna-lila they're brought out, if you look at it, and this was Mahaprabhu's idea, let's not impose our intellect on the environment of the lila, let's just tell it as it is. And although it says things that are... Inconceivable how these, these can be, how can he be per, f- fully imminent and fully transcended at the same by his mystic power by his pa- achintya shakti. God can do wonderful things. You think too much, hmm? and, um, and by thinking you, you can't arrive at such a place where such things are possible. So just read it as it is with his idea, hmm? and this is the again the achintya beta beta tattva of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. And Mother Yasoda here got it. In the form of Suchi, and she's teaching. And he says, "Why didn't you tell me that earlier? Save me a lot of trouble, Prabhupada comments. If we can learn about Bhakti from an early age, we'll never go to this Maya <laughs> idea, which is completely impractical. And you can you can tell the Maya like that. If it's all one, here here's some dirt. One of my God brothers once told me was in in in, in Rishikesh, not Rishikesh, um, Kumbh Mela, I think it was." I think it was Giraj Maharaj, many years ago. and I think it was him. And he was there and he had a uh, a blanket. Hmm? It was cold and he was arguing or discussing with a, with a Maya body and it was going on and on and on. Hmm? And uh, after some time he said, I can see that you're a little cold. Hmm? And he said, actually, yeah, I'm a little cold. And he said, well, I've only got one blanket, but anyway, here... I'll give you a thread because the thread and the whole blanket are, are are one. So you should be just as warm as I am throughout the night. Something like that. <laughs> so it's a way of saying your philosophy is not practical, even in terms of spiritual uh, pursuit. It does away with the self. It's a very, it's a very, um, a very uh, unbecoming way of of. Of pursuing the unity, the oneness that is at the heart of reality, by way of doing away with any difference, it, it's questionable whether you've gone anywhere positive by doing that. Harmony is not just doing away with everybody else. Unity is not doing away with everybody else, but somehow everybody working together, something like this. So this is the philosophy here, coming out early in the, in the life of Chit and the Mahabharata, where we can see that the leelas are full of charm. And they, they have the capacity to, to give rise to that within ourselves. Hmm? And at the same time, they're pregnant with philosophical insight that we can draw from that. We can help us to that we can apply then in our pursuit and practice the pursuit of those ideals that we are attracted to. On the face, the leaders are charming, and we become attracted to them. This is their principal power. Hmm? And so, you don't know any philosophy, but you like Krishna. And it's possible, theoretically, that's enough. Hmm? If, you, if you're charmed by the leaders enough to, to always chant his name and, and so forth. But mostly we find, practically, people need a little philosophy because they have another influence in their life that they're charmed by as well, and it, and it still has residual power from anadi karma for a long, long time. Habits learned, you know, since forever, are difficult to, to overcome. Uh, but bhakti is very powerful, so it has the power to, le- to turn the head and the heart um, in the direction of Krishna, and especially these 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 these, these um, leelas of Krishna, human-like lelas, They're just, they're just very powerful, very charming. They create a bond, give us an opportunity to bond emotionally with the Godhead. Mm-hmm. So that's the principal kind of purpose of the leelas. So you, you know, in one sense, if you can just speak about it feelingly. Hmm, and present it so forth. people can be charmed by it. Later then, secondarily, as I say, there are philosophical lessons to be learned from it. And that can help us to understand, although it's charming, it's a little bit further along than where you are right now in terms of entering into it and what it means to love Krishna like that. These other things have to be in place and so on and so forth. So there's a place for both, commenting on the leelas from the philosophical point of view and just telling them, right? Hmm? Question?
1: Um, just a comment and a question, when you said how um, the insight was, Lord Chaitanya said, why didn't you tell me this earlier? I almost um, could see, I wouldn't have had to have been bothered with this Leela and Krishna Leela where I had to show you all of this Aishwarya and disrupt that. But I had a, um, a question. Um, you very interestingly explain how the Aishwarya acts um, almost as um, in its own accord to facilitate Krishna's pastime and I never thought of Aishwarya like that I thought of the um, yoga maya you know co- like covering and, and but here it's like bringing out Krishna's godliness although in, in other pastimes we see the Aishwarya Krishna calling upon it himself to kill the demons, or or like this. So, um, two questions. Um, where where do we find that? In, in, has the, has the Acharya stated that so beautiful? And um, do you have anything further to say about that? The Aishwarya will act on its own like that.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's the two... It's, it's Yogamaya functioning in different ways. Hmm. To cover him up, to uncover him for his different purposes. We have Madhurya Jnana and Aishwarya Jnana. Both are there. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Both aspects, knowledge about both. And both are revealed by by the Srupa Shakti. Yoga Maya is, is another you know, aspect of the Srupa Shakti. So, um, for revealing, for covering, I mean, his cover, the covering is also... Revealing, huh? in, a, in in another way, um, but it's different than the Maya Shakti, which is deluding. She deludes in you know, one way to make him to do a way to hide his aishvarya and who hides the aishvarya and recede and come out. But here they've been, as I spoken about it, kind of personified. So you're kind of asking, I guess, well, if Purnamasi is Yoga Maya and she covers, and you know, and who's who's the uh, 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 that's kind of the same, same function of the of the same shakti, but um, yeah, you can find this kind of explanation. from Vishnu know Thakur. The Aishwarya is a, 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 a power of, of God, so you think that he would draw it out of
1: itself. Of course, he is through the Sri sort
0: of Shakti. Area. Well, I think his powers are all personified, so you know, in a, in a sense, so. He has a desire, and his powers fulfill the desires hmm, themselves, and they have their roles in different places. It's not that yoga maya, for example, is not present in 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 Vaikunda, but functions slightly differently. Tulsi's there, and Brenda there in in in, in Brindaban. So the powers, yeah, the uh, shaktis. There's the powerful and there's the powers. So his powers, personified in a way, they, they answer to his desires, fulfill them. Mm. Like a shadow. Um, like a shadow follows you everywhere. Yoga, Maya is following Krishna, and whatever he desires, and making it, making it work. Mm. Something like that. Anything else? She said, I'm going to go to the hospital. She said, jai, am going to go to go